Welcome to Alive to Give Life, the online teaching ministry of Pastor Pascal Ngwe. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive City Church. He is a seasoned and anointed teacher of the Word of God. As you listen to this message, get ready for a complete turnaround in every area of your life. Now, let's join the message already in progress. Use an akazo to prepare, to prepare a great supper. Anyone who wants church growth must prepare for it. Most Christians out, most Christian outreaches are not successful unless there is a lot of preparation. Ask yourself how much preparation has gone into anything you do. If there is a lot of preparation, there is usually a lot of success. Crusades, church growth, and outreaches depend on your preparation. This Anakazo man prepared for his program. Being in the ministry has not happened without thousands of hours of preparation. Sermons I preached to 10 people some years ago are the same sermons I am preaching to thousands today. Preaching to a small group of 10 people was part of God's preparation for me. If you want God to use you mightily, you must start preparing now. Taking every opportunity you have to do something useful in the church. Years ago, I remember playing the drums and the piano in my church. Though I didn't know it at the time, that was part of my preparation for ministry. Today, I know a lot about music, music and musical equipment. I can discuss intelligently all details that concern music, worship, and expensive equipment. My experience with the with the music department has been a valuable asset to me. Number two, use Anakazo to influence many people. You will notice that this man in Luke 14 held a great supper and invited many people. One of the primary reasons churches do not grow is because Christians keep to themselves. You cannot keep to yourself if you want to be an effective witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. When you sit on a bus, you can decide to be friendly to those nearby. Begin talking to the people around you. I always try to share the gospel with people around me. I always have some good news about Jesus. He has saved me and set me free. During my second year in medical school, we lived on the beautiful Legon campus. We were transported daily to the other side of town where a teaching hospital was, was located. This involved a one-hour bus drive from one end of the town to, to the other. Balloons and condoms. I remember one, one day I sat, as I sat in the bus, I watched some senior colleagues take out condoms, blow them into balloons and fly them in, in the bus. As these students shouted and laughed over their lewd jokes, I realized how confident they were in what they were doing. We the, Christ, we the Christians sat timidly in the bus, trying to concentrate on our books. That day, I decided not to keep to myself. I got the attention of everyone on the bus and began to preach. Although preaching on the bus later became quite common, at that time, it was unusual. 
Some of the students were angry and others were bored. Some looked out the window in disapproval, but I preached on. I decided to keep to my I decided not to keep to myself anymore. I decided to be like the men in Luke 14. Clapping on the London bus. An Anakazo person does not keep to himself. I once lived in London for a period of time. I felt stifled by the stiff atmosphere in England. I used to preach anywhere and everywhere. But in England, I, could, I couldn't easily relate to the people around. Everyone seemed so unfriendly and uninterested. One day, while sitting upstairs in a double-decker bus, the spirit of Anakazo rose up in me and I said to myself, I can't keep it to myself any longer. I rose to my feet and to the surprise of everyone on the bus, I began to clap my hands to get their attention. I tell you, I may have looked bold on the outside, but I was quite scared on the inside. There were all sorts of murderous looking characters on the bus, but I, I maintained my cool and deliv delivered a complete gospel sermon. The bus was quiet for a few minutes as they listened to this young madman preach. I took my seat after preaching and got off the next stop. One gentleman who got off the bus with me said, said to me, I admire your courage, but I don't think you got very far. Whether I got very far or not is not what matters. What, Im what is important is that I preach the word, and the word always accomplishes something when it is preached. My word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall accomplish that which I please. Isaiah 55 verse 11. Number three, use anakazo and never cancel your service. Anyone practicing anakazo is not prepared to cancel his service. Every pastor, every pastor in going through the normal processes of church growth will experience highs and lows. But a pastor with the spirit of anakazo will never cancel his church service. He will decide to press on no matter how many people attend. One of my pastors told, told me how only one person attended on a particular Sunday. He said that he had never felt so low. However, he managed to preach to that one soul and do his best for the Lord. Anakazo in, in the com community. I remember there was a time when we had a very low attendance for one of our services. The Lord told me to do what this man in Luke 14 did. Go out there and invite the community to church. I said, how can I do that on a Sunday? The Lord replied, you, you do it and you will be blessed. I continued arguing with the Lord. What will our Sunday morning visitors think? We will drive away people from the church. However, the Lord insisted, go out and compel them compel them to come in. I obeyed the Lord. I announced to the church that we were going to stop the service, go out into the community and invite them. I said, we are going to go out to the community to bring them in. I announced, this is not a gentle invitation. Every single one of you must hold the hand of someone you see out there. 
physically bring them into the church building. Some were taken aback, but we did it and brought in hundreds of unchurched dwellers of the community. That day we had several people giving their lives to Christ. We did this on numerous occasions and over a period. That particular service increased in size dramatically. I was not prepared to close down my service because of a low attendance. This is what any pastor with the spirit of Anakazo is prepared to do. Number four, use Anakazo to, pre to prevent having empty halls. A pastor working with the spirit of Anakazo is not prepared to have an empty church service. Many years ago, as a medical student, the Lord asked me to start a church. I had no members in my church, not even one soul to preach to, but I was not prepared to have an empty church. Anakazo and the Dawn broadcast. I was still a student when the Holy Spirit directed me to the nursing students hostel. I remember that, that very first day. It was around 5 a.m. and still dark. Standing outside the hostel, I clapped my hands and woke them up. They might have been surprised, but that didn't bother me. I preached to them about Jesus. After I had finished, I did something very bold. I said to them, If you want to give your lives to, G to, to Christ, change out of your night clothes. Wear something decent and come downstairs. We want to talk to you about Christ. That morning, several young ladies gave their hearts to God. Up to this day, many of them are still members of my church. Preaching at dawn to people in their beds has been one of my favorite methods of implementing this principle of anakazo. One morning, I preached as the, at the hostel of public health nurses. A lady, a lady threw a note saying she was a backslider and needed help. She wanted us to speak with her. That morning we ministered to her and God delivered her. She had been a faithful member of our church for the last 10 years. Although I started out with an empty classroom, it soon became filled with nurses who had given their lives to Christ from my Anakazo Dawn broadcasts. Dear reader, I want you to understand something. I did not inherit a church from anyone. I have often got, gone to places where I knew no one, and no one knew me. I have had, I have had to, I have had to go out and win souls, driving and persuading people to the Lord, until the room was full. Number five, use anakazo to overcome people's excuses. Many people are full of excuses. The man in the story listened to the three amazing excuses for not attending his party. However, he was not impressed by any of them. The first excuse was about testing oxen in the night. Everyone knows that no one tests oxen at that time of the night. The second excuse was about somebody who had just gotten married. But we all know that a dinner would have been a nice out outing for a newlywed couple. The third excuse was about going to see some land in the night. Let me ask you a question. Would you not assess a piece of land before you buy it? 
How could you inspect a piece of land in the night? Would you have seen it clearly? Yet somebody was using this as an excuse for not attending the party. Any good minister who wants to reach people must not be overwhelmed by people's excuses. He must learn to overcome people's excuses. Even as you minister the word of God, people form excuses in their minds. They develop reasons why they would not obey the word. Every good preacher must learn to preach against people's excuses and ideas. Jesus spoke directly against the people's reasoning and excuses, and they knew it. Luke 20 verse 19. For they perceived, they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. Many excuses cannot be substantiated. A good minister must learn to see through the emptiness of excuses. I spoke to one friend, inviting him to church. He in turn, about spoke, he in turn spoke about how the time was not convenient and how he had quite a distance to travel. I said to him, you are a successful businessman. Everything you want to do, you do. You travel. You get up early every day. You even have time to visit your girlfriend who lives a few hundred kilometers away. How, can, how come you have no time for God? I told him, if you really want to do something, you can do it. Some people do not pay their tithes because they claim they have no money. Watch how, money they, watch how much money they spend on their things. You will realize that the problem is not a lack of money, but the spirit of greed. Number six, use anakazo to overcome people's lies. You must learn to overcome the lies and excuses of the people you lead. I remember once, one of my pastors did some fundraising in a branch church. During the fundraising, the pastor asked for those who would like to give some money for the purchase of the church instruments. A husband who happened to be a, f a foreigner was prepared to give a donation. Just as his hand was going up, his wife pulled his hand down. She thought the pastor hadn't noticed. After the service, the lady approached the pastor and said, You know, the reason why we didn't give any money during the fundraising was because my foreign husband didn't want to give. She continued, <laughs> You know how these foreigners are. They are so stingy. <laughs> but that was a lie. It, it was she who did not want to give anything. Finally, she promised the pastor, I will see what we can do. I am sure that I'm sure we will be able to help. All pastors must learn to overcome the lies and excuses of people we lead. Number seven, use anakazo to make a way. What, differenti what differentiates the successful from the unsuccessful is the ability to overcome excuses. Notice that the man in Luke 14 was not moved by any of the excuses and reasons given. He made a way out of every circumstance that, w that was produced by the unwilling guests. I believe in one thing. If you really want to do something, you make a way. If you do not want to do something, you make an excuse. They came to party. 
I recall when many young people were unwilling to come to church. The young men, the young men especially, made all sorts of excuses. The spirit of Anakazo rose up in me and I said, if they will not come to church, let us have parties for them. We organized a party for the young people in one area of the city. We made invitation cards and dis distributed them to the youth in the community. They were very happy and said to themselves, this is another opportunity to jam. I remember that evening in particular, we played upbeat Christian music and danced with unbelievers. One of them told me later that he wondered why they were not being served with beer. At a point in the party, we, we switched to slower music and stated we had, we had an announcement to make. By that time, many of the hardened unbelievers were sitting around. To their surprise, I got up and preached the gospel to them. They were surprised, but they still gave their lives to Christ. Many were born again that night. I have pastors in the church who were, who were saved during some of these surprise evangelistic parties. The Bible says, by all means, save some. Anakazo means to compel and to drive people to God. An Anakazo person is not moved by unfavorable circumstances. We were not moved by the fact that these young men did not want to attend church. We made a way around that. Learn to make a way where there is no way. Find a way to overcome every excuse that people place before you. Number eight. Use Anakazo to go out of your usual circle of friends. Everyone has a circle of friends. The usual thing is to stay within your circle of friends and acquaintances. However, anyone who wants to be used by God must move out of this regular group. You will notice that the Anakazo man in this story was forced to move out of his normal circle of friends. This is a reality that we must face if we want to please God. I had my circle. I had a group of friends I grew up with in Accra. A sort of elistic company made up of the children of foreigners and other... <coughs> what is the word again? <coughs> Bo Bourgeoisie. Bourgeoisie. Yeah. As a child, I traveled first class on in intercontinental flights and interacted mainly with the so-called upper echelon of society. I, st I stayed in inter international cities with my father. My hobbies were swimming and horse riding and horse racing. There were just a few people who had such pastimes. Past yeah. yeah. However, there were hardly any Christians in these circles. When I got born again, I found myself moving out of this circle into a very different group. I moved out into a better company, different from what I knew. The fact is, in order to please God, I could not spend a lot of time in those circles anymore. There were simply no believers in that group. If you want to please God, you will have to move out of your circle and get to know other groups of people. I know that I know that the rich men in this story would not normally fellowship with people who live in hedges or who stand on highways. I know that the rich men in the story would not normally interact with cripples, the blind, and the disabled. However, 
In order to achieve church growth, he had to, in he had to interact with the people of other social backgrounds. The nice little fellowship must grow. I remember in 1984, when I was the leader of a nice fellowship at the university. We loved each other daily, dearly and were, were good company for one another. Actually, I found my wife in that group. Ma many of the people that I knew in that little group are still my bosom friends up to this day. However, the Spirit of God impressed upon me to move out of our little group and to go to people we didn't know. I remember some people were not in favor of expanding our nice little cli cliche. Clicks. Yeah. Click. <laughs> if, you, if you bring in more people, we will lose something, they said. There's something about a small fellowship. It's nice to petite. It's nice and petite. It's nice to be petite. To, it's um, nice to be petite. In other um, words, it's nice to be small. Cute. Okay. It's a cute little family. But I led this group in into one outreach after another, driving and necessitating people to come to the Lord. I was never tired of preaching. People are not tired of sinning. Why should you be tired of spreading the gospel? During the second year of the medical school, which by the way is the most difficult year, I led this group in dawn broadcast every Saturday morning. Everyone knew about us. They were used to our voices that rang out loud and clear every Saturday morning. Thank God for our nice little fellowship, I said. But we have to go out there and win souls. We must move out of our little circle. After a while, unbelievers are no longer impressed with our sermons. If you do not rise up with a new approach, a new Anakazo method, your message will lose its punch. As we continued preaching at dawn, I realized that people just turned over in their beds and ignored us. I said to myself, our messages are no longer driving people to the Lord, but the Spirit of the Lord gave me a bright idea. Knock on their doors. Since the people were, were now so used to our voices, we needed to do something new. I decided to send out a group to stand outside the doors of their rooms. I told the preacher for the morning, when you get to the altar, when you get to the altar call, we will start knocking on their doors. I told him, tell the people who are listening to you that they are going to hear a knock on their door. If they want to accept Christ, they should open up and we will come in and lead them to the Lord. The preacher followed my instructions. Suddenly, those who were ignoring us had to pay attention. We were knocking on their doors at 5 a.m. Believe me, many were gloriously born again during those morning broadcasts. Salvation for the mocker. I vividly remember one brother in particular. He was... He would laugh at Christians as they spoke in tongues. He made fun of the gift of speaking in tongues. This is someone who would get drunk and lie by one of the many ponds scattered around the beautiful campus of the University of Ghana. That morning, as my friend the evangelist preached and said, Perhaps you are hearing a knock on your door. 
If you want to be born again, open your door and someone will come in and lead you to the Lord. I happened to knock on the door of this young man. I was surprised when he opened the door and welcomed us in. He said, I knew you would come here. Today is my day. We prayed with him and he gave his heart to the Lord that, that very morning. To this day, this man is serving the Lord. I give glory to God for all the people that have been born again as we have forcefully moved out to speak the word. Anakazo works. <clears throat> Number nine. Use Anakazo as long as there is room in your church. Luke 14 verse 22. And yet there is room. A song that I love goes like this. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. There's room at the cross for you. Do not be sat satisfied as long as there is room in your church. The man in this story sent out his servants simply because there was room. I believe that every church should arrange more chairs than the people who actually come. The presence of empty pews should motivate, should motivate the pastor to reach out until the house is full. The whole essence of the church growth is to have a full church. Luke 14 verse 23. Compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Evangelism is directly related to church growth. All our efforts to lead people to the Lord should bear fruit. We must see our, our efforts filling church buildings. Whatever the case, a minister must see that there is room at the cross for one more soul. I believe that if we have this in mind, God will use us to fill the church. I have never been satisfied with the size of my church. When we had 10 people, I wanted 20. When we have 50, I, I dreamed of 100. When God gave me 100 people, I thought to myself, what would it be like if I had 500 people? When the church was numbered in the, in the hundreds, I thought, what would it be like if we had thousands? I think a pastor will get tired of preaching to the same few people after a while. We must be motivated to have a fuller house. These words keep ringing in my soul, that my house may be filled. That my house may be filled. Dear Pastor, never forget that, that there is still room at the cross. Thank you. So you see, we've re almost read the book. It's, left, it's just left with one more chapter, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, you see, there's a lot of truth. There's a lot of truth in these things that you are, you are reading. And it's small, but it's a book you don't finish reading. Because many of you are not forceful. You see, among my people and my pastors, they look at me like a strange person. But all I see is that they are lazy. That's all. So it, it gives an impression like I'm a superman. I'm a very ordinary man. It's just that they are lazy. That's all. And, and most of you, especially most of you born locally, you have not known hard work and you have not known suffering. So you easily give in to the slightest difficulty. And that is why the foreigners come and they prosper. It's not because the foreigners come and steal. No, they don't come and steal. 
You see, because I'm a foreigner, but I go, I leave the, my, I go home at midnight when I go to church on Sunday morning. I start before most of my pastors start church and I, I close far later than most of them close church. So if tomorrow you see me having a lot of churches and you, a local person, by 12.30, your church is closed, why should you start saying bad things about me? These foreigners, they come. You are not doing what you are supposed to do. You, they have given you excuse and you have accepted. You have 200 people sitting in your church that can sit 1,000. And you are happy with it. I mean, you would have thought that the man who threw a big party, when the first invite, at least he got something, he should have settled for it. Because, you see, your original invitees had declined you. People that you have warned and arranged earlier didn't show up. So at least when you have gotten some people, you should be happy. But you see, he's not going to be stopped by his goal. Sorry, he's not going to be stopped by the excuses. His goal is the house must be filled. The question I ask is, how many people did he invite? Were the people that he invited originally, were they going to fill the house? But he, after his servant has come, he said, I've filled, I've done what you said, and there's still room. He said, go to the hedges and the highway. That place, you don't need decent invitation. You need an Akazo invitation. Because those places, the people don't have confidence in themselves. They, they can't believe that somebody would give them a party. Because in the highways, in the hedges, they are like the outcasts. But you have to convince them that they are needed in the rich man's house. Do you know that there are many people that don't, they don't believe that God can say, God, God will like them. Because they feel that they are too, they've gone too low. They are the ones that you need to anakazo into the church. And in your own life, Look, if you don't use an akazo, your life will be very small. If you don't use an akazo, your life will be small. Everything about your life will be ordinary. But if you apply an akazo in your own life, you will find out that you have big things. Your life will be very big. Your life, if you are forceful, if you are shameless, if you have a drive, to take, you see, the, what stands between you and a bright and a big future is excuses. Excuses that you yourself must take out of your life. The excuses in your life. Because what happens is that if somebody gives you an excuse, if you yourself are full of excuses, you understand the person. It is when you are without excuse that you can see through that this excuse is useless. And it is when you have overcome excuses in your life that you can always provide a solution to overcome an excuse. Do you know that as you are seated here now, in a year's time, you can easily have, each of you can have 20 more people that are serious Christians. 
that can be trained. So, so multiply yourself by 20. If you work in an Akazo, 20 people is nothing. Two people per month. Yeah, two people per month. In one year, you get 24. Let's give or take 20. I mean, tw I'm not 20 serious Christians. You use an Akazo to read. You use an Akazo to grow in your understanding and be able to share light for people. But most people don't move the way they have to move because they are in darkness. If you become a light to them, they will follow you. The reason why they are not following you is because you are dark. You are, as you are offering. Even your presence brings darkness. Your presence blocks the small light they have. But you shall change in Jesus' name. Amen. So listen, I want you to really get these books and read them. Particularly this book. Particularly this book. Anakazu. And pray to God to understand it. Look, whatever is lacking in your life can be present in your life with an akazo. Because you see, you will use an akazo on yourself to pray. Because one of the steps of an akazo is make practice an is to make a way. There's no your time is filled up, there's no free time. But you make a way to pray. You make a way to pray. You always find a, a time somewhere. You shift this one, you change this one because it's an act of prayer. We must pray. You make changes before you realize you have two hours, three hours that you are praying every day and listening to preaching. Hallelujah. Great. So we'll take a break for supper. And then when you come, at least if you don't pray six hours, you can't sleep. Or do we have an agreement? This one is a training. Do you get it? So what do you do? Do you have earphones and you don't have listening devices? All phones can listen, can have a message to listen. Okay, one of the things that you need to do is to get either a phone or whatever it is. That can you can put Christ, I mean preaching messages on, and then you listen during your prayer time. Because if you are speaking in tongues, Paul says, "If I if I if I pray in tongues, my mind is unfruitful; it is my spirit." So you can pray in tongues and still be listening. Yeah, you can pray in tongues and still be listening. You don't have to even concentrate on the message. As you are praying, but you still hear. Because there are a lot of gossips you have heard that you were not listening, but you were passing by. <laughs> by. There are a lot of gossips that you have heard when you are talking to somebody else and other people were talking. Isn't it? Because the, the, the mind has the ability to hear from different sources. So one of the ways of getting yourself and also learn, you see, if you want to be able to pray, you have a message, a preaching. Normally, if it's one hour, two hours. So you know that if I listen to these five preachings, I would have prayed for five hours. 
So instead of check, because when you check the clock, it's discouraging. Do you get it? And you have to time yourself to pray, to know that you are praying. Because if you just pray without timing yourself, you will say you prayed for one hour when in fact you prayed for 15 minutes. Because when you are praying, one hour is very long. But you know that this message is one hour. So when the message is finished, you know that I prayed for one hour. So one of the things you need to have is what we call a listening device. Either iPod, now the phones have big memories. So you load it and you put it in uh, flight mode so that calls don't come in and WhatsApps don't come in to disturb you. And then you have a headphone or earphone that you use to listen to preaching. Yeah. You don't have it. No, it's an essential commodity. It's, it's a tool that you need for your spiritual growth. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So as you are hearing preachers, spiritual things are, are, will be entering into you. Hallelujah. So it's one of the things that when you go back, you must go and look for. Because sometimes the message they are playing or the music they are playing is not what you want to hear. Maybe for you in particular, you have a message that you want to listen to. So like if you knew about this, you would have come prepared. So for the period of prayer, you'll be listening to a series of messages also. Hallelujah. Good. Do you have any question to ask? Just one question before I leave you. Yes. Lawrence. Okay. Thank you. My question is this. Uh, like, you are inviting someone to church. Or maybe, okay, let me just put it straight. It's my disciple. Now, I called him that, oh, my James, you know, there's church. I'm coming to fetch you. Then he was like, no, 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 no. Today, I'm not going to make it. Then I was like, why? He said, no, 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 no. Today, I'm, I'm not going to make it. So, I decided to cut the call. Then I drove to him. Then I was like, hey, my James, what is happening? But so, f like, the way we have the relationship, I don't even expect you by now to be telling me that, no, 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 you are not going to church. What is happening? Just tell me, say, no, no. Oh, what he just says, no, 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 I'm not going to church. Like, he's not giving any, any good, he's, no, 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 I'm not going with you. So, I don't know. So, you also tell I'm not leaving you. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not leaving you. I said, let's go. I'm not leaving you. If you're not, you, unless you tell me what it is, I'm not leaving you. They said, what about the time? Because we also have to be in church. It's, yeah. I'll, if I have to, go, if I have to go to church later, I'll go to church later. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. And you see. What it is is that you must have in your mind that this guy is going to give you an excuse. So you must go armed with solutions. Do you get it? So you must go armed with solutions. 
And you don't normally, you see, the thing is that sometimes you don't, you don't wait till the last minute. You start your process way advanced when they know that it's not church time. Yeah. Well, you see, sometimes eh, an akazo is not just only for so. It's also wisdom. Because what will make him not want to come to church on Sunday morning is what he did on Saturday night. No, what he did on Saturday night. So such people, you don't, you don't leave them for Saturday night. You plan Saturday night program for them. Because, you see, the thing is that the person is going, Satan is going to use the excuse to overcome you. So you must also plan for the excuse. So sometimes, some of them, Saturday nights, you must go and chill with them. Because if you don't, somebody is going to chill with them and after, they will not come to church. So you can plan, you see, when you have a group of about five or six guys, you can plan an outing with them Saturday night. So what it is that it's like you block Satan. By the time Satan comes, you are there. And especially if you know that they are into happiness and things, you must plan happiness time with them. But what it is that with you, they will not get a chance to do the evil that Satan would have loved them to do. Because most people, they, ha they have sex Saturday night. So Sunday morning, they don't, they, Satan tells them you are dirty. So they don't want to come. So you plan for their Saturday night by occupying them. Not coming to church, but sometimes just outing. So you have our three guys, you go out. Yeah. That's the only, that's the, that's the, it's, it's like by all means save some. Yes, I know Saturday night you want to pray. But also, if you leave them, Satan will come for them. So by the time you come on Sunday, Satan is sitting with them already. And he has told them everything that when they come they, Sunday morning. You know, most, most of us Christians, our, you see, our minds for caring for people and shepherding people is only Sunday mornings. But unless we go away from Sunday morning, because Satan is not coming to, for, to them on Sunday mornings. By the time you come on Sunday morning for them, Satan has been with them from Monday to Saturday and has had a head start and has spoken with them and told them what to tell you. So you, you must start planning for the people during the week. Planning for them. Yeah. Sometimes you go out with them. Even if it's two hours, it's an outing. You would have disrupted the move because by the time you come home with him, it's like it's late. If you, all you are trying to do is for him not to be available when he's expected to be available. Sometimes you don't pretend like they, you don't know they have girlfriends. You ask them, oh, can you come with your girlfriend so that we go out? Because they have girlfriends. Come again. Yes.
So, if you make them feel like you are not accepting them with what they have, that is when they want to push you away. So, I said, oh, who is your girlfriend? I'd like to know her. I would like her to be my friend. Do you like him? Wow, he's a nice guy. Before you realize, you have brought all of them to church. But what happens is that we treat people as if they are islands. We treat them as if they are not connected to people. But you see, once you only focus on him alone, the other people in his life will pull him away from you. Because you are threatening his relationships. But if you make him believe that all his relationships are accepted and you want all his relationships, he's likely to come with them. Are you with me? So some of them, when somebody gets born again, the first question you should ask them about is who is your boyfriend or who is your girlfriend? They will say no. Just say, who is your boyfriend? You see, if you ask me, do I have a boyfriend? And I don't want you to know, I'll say no. But if you ask me, who is my, who is my girlfriend? I, it's like, uh, maybe you know it already. <laughs> because the way you ask, you are, you are so confident that I have it. So if I have it, why should I lie to you? But if you ask, do I have a boyfriend? Do I have a girlfriend? You don't know, so I'll say no. Because I don't want you to take it to her before she starts laughing at me. But if you ask, who is your girlfriend? I say, hey, looks like this girl or this woman, she knows. Okay, let me just say, is is uh, Zandi uh, or something. Where does she stay? She stays in the area. Uh, okay. Wow, so can I come and visit you? Can you tell her to come around so that I'll come and visit you? Yes. Yes, ask your question. Thank you. It's just a follow-up question. Maybe you invite them, both of them, to church they come. Then if it's possible that they they accept Jesus, Will the relationship continue? Will leave it like that, or maybe? that's not your immediate problem? Okay. Because even if you don't, if you make it your immediate problem, it doesn't mean they will stop. That's not your immediate problem. And, and if you make that your immediate problem, you lose them. Many people don't stop doing wrong things the day they get born again. After they start to grow and the Holy Spirit starts talking to them, they themselves give up the wrong things. Yes. Yes. Uh, Bishop, 
I do have a friend. So this friend of mine, when he's in trouble, he knows to come to my place and pray because he knows that I attend church. So he comes to my place, then we pray together. But then when I must invite him to, ch to church, he, he, he's always tricking me. Yeah, so you see, if the guy doesn't want to come to formal school, do a long distance education for him. <laughs> You see, most of, the problem with most of us Christians is that we don't have the ability to take the message to the people where they are. All we know is to, that they must come to church for the pastor to do the job. But you see, if the person is your friend, there are ways of talking where you'll be talking the person the wisdom of God and helping the person to see the foolishness present in his life. In just a casual conversation, by so doing, you see, by so doing, the person would, would, would change without having to come to church. And there will be a day when they will tell you, I want to go to church. We have to learn to teach people and to talk people the wisdom of God, the word of God, outside the church setting. Most of us are too church-oriented. Meaning, a particular place oriented. Yes. Uh, Bishop, in terms of your ministry when it was growing and now, what prayer items do you pray? I pray for everything as the Holy Spirit leads me. I don't have a serious... Anything mm. that comes up, mm. I pray. Mm. So I don't have a list of, like, these are the prayer items I pray about. I pray about anything that I feel led to pray about. You see, Christians, you want a formula. There's no formula. It's the leading. They that are led by the Spirit. So I can have my list, but depending on what the Holy Spirit tells me, I pray about it. Mm -hmm. Yes. There are people that have made up their mind, sort of, that they, 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 they don't win souls. They just come to church and want to serve and just get involved. How do they serve? They are ushers. They are the reason you see uh, the reason why somebody will not win souls or will not talk to people about Christ is that they themselves don't understand what it means to be born again. You see, the fact that a person comes to church doesn't mean that the person read their Bible and they read books and hear messages that gets them to really understand what it means to be born again. Do you get it? So, to them, it's like, this is what I will do. But if they get the impression that a truly born again person can never keep silent, and they get the knowledge, they will never keep silent. Because the Bible says, how that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself through Jesus Christ and has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation that through us many be reconciled unto God. So if you are a new creature that you are claiming, it starts from verse 17 if any man be in Christ is a new creature therefore if you are a new creature and how God showed how he was in Christ reconciled and has given unto us the ministry of and we are the ambassadors of Christ. How can you say that you will not be an ambassador by telling people about Jesus? 
It's because we don't preach the gospel. You see, we preach our messages and we spice it with a few Bible verses. But if you start to preach the gospel, what it means to be born again and who you are and what is expected of you, many people will rise up. We preach about people's problems to solve people's problems, not about what Christ has offered us to preach about. So until we start preaching it, most people would not be soul winners. You see, when I got born again, we, we were not told to win souls. We did it naturally. I mean, when I got born again, there's no how you can preach salvation. 21, 20 reasons why you must tell them. Why you must be a soul. All those things are not there. But in those days, when a Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit, you will not pass them by without they sharing Jesus Christ with you. So one of the things I'm praying for is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the, in the lives of the people. Because when the Holy Spirit is manifesting, the people will be witnesses. That when the Spirit of the Lord is come upon you, you shall be witnesses. The Spirit will drive you to witness. The absence of the Holy Spirit manifesting in the lives of the people is, the, is, is reflected in the absence of they talking to people about Jesus. Are you with me? And it has come from the materialistic gospel that we have preached. The Holy Spirit is out of our churches and is quiet. If he's there, he's quiet. He has no say. We know how to run the church program. And he, he dare not tell us what to do. In those days where people just witnessed, the service was a service of confusion. When you go to service, it was a service of confusion. There's no format. No order. No order. Yeah, that's what I mean. So sometimes you can be in church 9 to 3 p.m. But now, half past nine by half past eleven, we are done. So the Holy Ghost dare not come with his things. If he wants to do them, he should come when we are praying. When we have a prayer meeting, then he can come and do it. But now we have come for church service. We sing two hymns or two songs. We take offering, we give announcement, we preach, and then we share the grace. That's how we all do. And what has happened is that you see, our churches are filled with people that are not born again. Even though they come to church. And the reason is that we have adjusted the service to the comfort of everybody. So once you do that, not all the people that are present are born again. Mm-hmm. If your service is two hours, when do you get to pray? It's almost like having a woman for 10 minutes. A woman who is not convinced about you. And you just have 10 minutes. What can you do? By the time you are able to get there to even talk. Because when you start, the person is not convinced about you. So how are you? I'm fine. How was school yesterday? Fine. Did you go to church? No. How was church? Good. 
How's the preaching? Okay. So what happens is that for about six minutes, you will just be getting short, short answers. With 10 minutes, the person, but if you have the whole day with the person, do you get it? You can wear the person out until they begin to start to flow. That's the same thing. The same thing with the church. Most of us, we come very short time. So the Holy Spirit doesn't even get a chance to move. So his, his works are not manifested in our midst. Because it is the Holy Spirit that converts and converts. Convicts and converts. Hallelujah. Anyway, we must pray for mercy. That the Lord will help us. Yes. Okay. I just said one question, but it looks like... Okay, Bishop, I wanted to ask, how do you apply anagazo in a neg negative criticism during your evangelism? Negative criticism in what way? Um, like, for instance, when you go for evangelism outreaches, right, and then you find this uh, person that you're trying to invite and tell them about Christ, they say, I'm not going to hear you, I'm not going to come with you, because Luna Bazalani, you are doing these things of making people eat grass and stuff like that. So you I'm say, yeah, it's true, it's true. What you are saying is true. Even me, I was concerned. Yeah. <laughs> Even me, I was concerned because after the grass, do you get it? So, 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 you say, yeah, yeah, what you are saying is true. I mean, even me, I was concerned because, I mean, why should somebody eat grass? You know? But having said that, just as there's false, there's also true. So, this is it. before you realize, oh, you've you, you see, what, the person is attacking you. So, yeah, it's true, it's true. What you are saying is true. You see, you don't have to always prove to somebody that what they are saying is not true. Yeah. You agree with them. So once you agree with the person, there's no argument anymore. <laughs> so now then we move on to the next phase. I think your food is ready. Your food is ready. It's getting cold. Father, we bless the food. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, wow. So you are going to pray to six hours. What, what am I telling you? And don't sleep. <laughs> All right, sir. Don't allow anybody to sleep. When somebody is sleeping, you hold a person's hand, you walk up and down. Just to pray for six hours. Yes, sir. You'll be surprised. Amen. Yeah. That's what I want to say. This okay. So I'll see you tomorrow morning. Seven, seven. Seven. Okay. Tomorrow you are pushing at 12. Thank you, Bishop. We are enjoying. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. To experience our services live, join us every Sunday morning from 9 a.m. at a Life State Church Sun City, located near Cornerstone Academy. Hope to see you soon. Remember, you're alive to give life.